Praise the Lord. Uh, I call the choir for a special number. Let's give a hand of applause for the choir. Oh, my. 
Father, we want to thank you because you are the mighty God, because you are a great God. You are God of all gods. We lift your name up, we glorify you. Open our eyes so that we can see your truth. Open our ear so that we can hear your voice. And now open our mind so that we can understand your word. Lord, Heavenly Father, as we go into your word this afternoon, exact word you want us to know, exact message you want us to know, exact phrase you want us to know, exact sentence you want us to know, Father, reveal them unto us in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that appears darkness to us, we want your presence there in the mighty name of Jesus. Little is much whenever you are in need. Lord, we call upon you that this afternoon, the little message we want to hear, little is much when you are in need. Father, show up in this hour in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Put your hand together for God as you have your seat. Let's have our seats. Praise God. Now our time is gone. Where do we start? We start from somewhere. What are those situations that you are passing through? Let me start from there. What are those things that you feel that is very difficult and very hard? Or you are thinking your job is not enough? Or the message they have given you in the office? Is, is troubling you. All you need to do is to get God involved. You know, when we were studying the book of Acts 23, there's somewhere there that God assured Paul that no matter what the enemy gathered together, you will get to Rome. That is Rome, uh, Acts 23, verse 11. It says, But the following night, the Lord stood up by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so much, so must also be a witness at Rome. That is assurance that irrespective of what they are doing, Paul will get to where? To Rome. Your own Rome also, you will get to your own Rome. Irrespective of what enemy plan or what is troubling you. But Sometimes we feel that we don't have anything. And out of that nothing, how many of us believe that God can bring out something? If you believe, wave your hand unto God. Hallelujah. So sometimes we want to limit ourselves to just what we have. But out of it, God can do more. Even the strength, when we don't have the strength, we are thinking that, okay, there's nothing I can do, then you surrender. It might be physical strength. It might be spiritual strength. It's because something has not happened that you are thinking that you don't have strength. Now, listen to this. An old drunk man took a shortcut through the graveyard one late evening. It was a late rainy night. He took a shortcut to his house. And the grave digger has, had finished their digging and left an open grave for next day funeral. 
As the drunk was walking, he fell into the grave. He was laying in the bottom of the grave. He decided to try to get out. It was so dark. He tried to climb out, but the muddy side would not allow him. And he would always fall back down to the bottom of the grave. grave. And finally, he was hopeless, and he quit trying. He quit trying to get out. And he decided to sit at one corner and wait for money to come. A few hours later, another drunk was walking through the dark grave, that same graveyard. Believe me, he also fell into the same open grave. He tried to climb out. He tried to jump out. He tried to do everything he knew to do. He was trapped six feet down. He couldn't come out. Again, finally, he decided to quit and wait. As he sat, as he started to sit in a corner, then the other drunk who has been there before said, I see you can not get out either. Guess we are trapped together until money comes. When the second drunk heard about this, he was thinking a dead man was talking to him. Immediately, he sobered up. All the alcoholic disappeared. He launched himself out of the muddy grave like a rocket. Where he got that energy, nobody knows. He ran more than 75 kilometers per hour, just like an antelope. He ran until he fell down at his doorstep. Then when the wife saw him, why are you running like somebody that has seen a ghost? Then he said, you will not believe what I've seen. He started talking about the story, how the ghost looked like. Did they see a ghost? No, but that's not where we are going. He got the energy when he heard about somebody talking. And he was thinking the dead man was talking. Brethren, you have the energy within you. You have the energy around you. And who is this energy? God Almighty is the energy. I don't know the grave that you are falling into. I don't know what you are passing through. You need to launch yourself out of this by getting the Almighty God involved. Praise the Lord. So, now, how many of us believe that bigger is better than smaller? Okay, just know that within your mind. How many believe that more is better and less is not good? How many believe there is strength in number and that few become unimportant? How many also believe that rich and famous are more important than poor? Naturally, the response to this, the attitude of the world to this is that they believe all that. But spiritually speaking, they are not always the case. And that is what we are going to establish in today's message. The truth of the matter is that being big or smaller, more or less in number, rich or poor, great or small, strong or weak, are not the main issue. 
The greater issue is having God all along around you. The greater issue is, is involving God in whatever you want to do. Proverbs 15, verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord. The great treasure is trouble. So today, we are looking into the topic, little is much when God is involved. There are many instances in the, in the scripture that prove this. Every day we read Bible, we study the word of God. Maybe you are not taking note of this, but I'm telling you, brethren, little is much. When God is involved in it. Just like the choir have sang, little is much when God is in it. You see, our God don't just use ordinary, ordinary people. And God also don't use special people. God used people and they become special because God used them. Praise the Lord. God chooses whosoever he pleased to use. He will not look at your status. He won't look at whatever you are doing, but he chooses what he likes to use. But you must be willing. You must be willing. Don't ask the question, why me? What about that person? Why not this? These are the type of questions that we do have. Moses was not so important initially. Joshua was not important. Gideon was not important. Esther was not important. But by the time God used them, they become not just important, very important. Praise God. So when God is involved in your situation, the difference is clear. The difference is always clear when God is involved in your situation. Let's go through some scripture and see where God is involved. Exodus 4.2 So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. Go to verse 3. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. So, what are we talking about here? We are talking of ordinary rod now. Because of involvement of God, he turned to serpent. That is a snake. And brethren, Moses' rod used when he was tendering the sheep. That's, he was using that rod to control the sheep. Later, this same rod, because God is already involved, command the Lord accomplishment to deliver the Israelites out of bondage. And he will use that to part the Red Sea. He used that to do what again? To bring water from the rock in, in the wilderness. So you can see the involvement of God. If you go to George 15 15, George 15 15, he found a flesh, flesh jawbone of donkey reached out of his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Let's go back to verse 14. That is George 15, 14. When, um, he, okay. when he came to Lehi, the Philistines 
came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. Okay. God got involved. That is there. With who? Who? Samson. Just ordinary fleshy jawbone. He used it to kill thousands of men because God was involved. If you move to 1 Kings 17, 12. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, when God gets involved, jump to verse 14 and see the for, involvement of God. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry. That it shall never get dry. This is the involvement of God. What is that jar in your home, in your life, that you are feeling that tomorrow everything is over? Is it your job? Is it your head? All you need to do is to get God involved. Little you have will become bigger when you get God involved. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the next one, 1 King 18. There was a drought in the land of Israel. No rain. Verse 2. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. And there was a severe famine in Samaria. A severe famine in Samaria. There was no rain. And when God got involved, what happened? Verse 44. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. When the man of God, Elijah, prayed, he asked his servant, Go and check. Then the man came back and said, just a small hand, a cloud like a small hand. Just this little, Elijah gave instruction. Go and inform Ahab to keep going. What happened in verse 45 of that same scripture? Let's see what happened. 45. First now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. So there are a lot of instances in the scripture that prove that all you need to do is to get him involved in your situation and everything will turn around. Elisha is another example. When the axe fell into the water, just ordinary stick, God was involved. And what happened? That situation disproved the law of science. The axe floats. That is involvement of God. And Elisha also told the servant, don't be afraid. Because when they were to be attacked early in the morning, the, 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 the servant was afraid. And Elisha told the servant, don't be afraid. He prayed to God to open the man's eyes. I'm talking from the second king's seat now. You can read that at your own time. Elisha told the servant, don't be afraid. He prayed for God to open the young man's eyes. 
And by the time the young man's eyes was opened, everything became clear to him. If you look at the book of Esther as well, God in his wisdom, just ordinary beauty contest, God gets involved. And what that beauty contest caused when God was involved? A sleepless night. He caused a sleepless, sleepless night to the king. And that was used to preserve the people of God. Get God involved. Get him involved. That story is in the book of Esther 2, 3, and 3 to 4, 6, 1 to 10. If you read it, you will understand. You are special. At times, God will choose something that is, you are not expecting to trouble you. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 and 29. But God has chosen the foolish thing of the world to shame. To shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. That is involvement of God. Now, let's go to a specific story. The story of Gideon. You know, a little weapon is much when God is involved. In time of war, large army, advanced technology, weaponry differentiate the victory. If you have a very large army, if you have a very good weapon, modern weapon, modern technology, that dictates whether you are going to win or you are going to lose. Praise God. So this is what differentiates between the victory and uh, defeat. But in the ancient days of Bible, the pagan, uh, pagan kings and the general, they only trusted in their numbers, chariot, and weapon. But what is Bible saying? Psalm 20 verse 7. Because the Israelites, they have the secret weapon. What is he saying there? Some ch trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They always get God involved. So in Gideon's story, we see the involvement of God. He reduced the troop. Gideon was just a farmer. Unlike ordinary other farmers, he has no desire to become a politician or to talk of somebody that will lead the war. But God decided to choose him. God has a different plan. This story is in the book of George 1, George 7, 1 to 7. But we are not going to the full story because of our time. But briefly, let me explain to you. It was a difficult time for the Israelites when the Midianites terrorized them. And the Israelites, they cried unto God, and God answered them. But for God to deliver them, he needs a leader. Then he decided to choose a farmer. So God chose, God chose a humble farmer to raise army. That is Gideon. 
So what did Gideon do? Gideon recruited 32 men. Sometimes there is weakness in number. If you, if you are going for game, if you just have a few supporters, even your team will be afraid because they'll be thinking of what other supporter will be doing. Not to talk of you are going for war and you have few. The Midianites, they have how many? 120,000. But Gideon was able to recruit 32 men. So, let's look at Leviticus 26.8 and see what plans of God there. Leviticus 32 verse, or 26 verse 8. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Mat, your, mat. your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. Praise the Lord. When you see that the mathematician in the house, you see that is ratio one to ten thousand or so. If five shares hundred, a hundred of you shall put ten thousand. That is ratio one to ten thousand. That's hundred people will share. 10,000. That is 10,000 percent. You see, this is because of God involvement. So, to Gideon, he started with 32 number. But God said, this is, there is time to separate the boys among the men. God gave him instruction in verse 3 of that um, judge sees. To separate. Thank you, brother. Don't worry. Let's go on. To separate the men and boys. What does that mean? Coward, time to go. Read that verse, brother. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid. If you don't have spine, in Nigeria we say, if you don't have liver, <laughs> you don't get liver. If you don't have spine, time for you to go. Go ahead, brother. Let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. Can you see, out of 32, coward, cowardice can be contagious among the shoulder, shoulder, soldiers. Suppose me and pastor is going for war, and to me, I'm relying that, okay, pastor is there. Suddenly, they said, if you are afraid, if you are not ready, go back. And I noticed that pastor is Moving to that side. What do you think I will do? I will also follow. This is exactly what happened. People felt that, okay, this one, they will be able to fight this battle. But when they discover that these people are moving, are moving. 22,000 men, they out. Remain just only 10,000. That is why sometimes, I remember when we were young, when we used to go to farm and go and see the trap for our dad. We have to go deep into the jungle. And I do go with my senior brother. Whenever we come back, he will be telling me that, do you know that I was afraid? Keep him going. Are you encouraging yourself? Is it your spouse that is afraid? Are you encouraging her or him or her? In this case, the coward they move aside. And other people copy. 
Maybe some people should have stayed back. But because they have seen some people, they are trusting that they are very good in war. So they joined them. Still, God saw that this, is, this number are not ready. Then God used another system. That is in verse 4 to 6. But the Lord but, said to Gideon. Praise the Lord, brother. Because of our time, you can read that on your own. I will just summarize it. God gave them instruction on how to drink water. That they should go and drink water. Okay, I think it's better we read it. Go on, brother. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you. The same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, This one shall not go with you. The same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink, and the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. Praise the Lord. With just 300. Now, there's something happened there. You might be thinking it's not possible that somebody will bend down and be drinking water. In those days when we used to go and play football, whenever we, are, we get tired, there's a stream very close to the playground. We go there to drink water. There are some of us that believe that using your, their hand to drink water, you are breaking the time you're supposed to drink. So we bend down. They, they want continuity. So they drink directly from the flowing stream. This is exactly the formula God has used. For those that have drank in that way, okay, go back. You are a baby. But for those that use their hand, yes, you are men. Just with 300, little is much when God is in it. When you involve God in that little you have, it's much. It's much. Just by 300, God delivered the Israelites. The battle was won. That, we are talking of 300 to 120,000. So little is much when God is involved. If you look at the story of uh, Gideon in, in chapter 6, initially he didn't want to go. He wanted to say, I'm just ordinary farmer. Somewhere there. So, sometimes we ask questions. Sometimes we complain. In the scripture itself, there are a lot of questions. There are a lot of um, queries when God called the people. For instance, Abraham asked, how will I father a nation when I haven't fathered a son? Moses asked, how can I confront Pharaoh when I don't speak well? Mary asked, how can I have a son when I'm still a virgin? Even our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was hung on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
There's a question there. Why have you forsaken me? So Gideon was unsure that that battle will be won. Maybe you are passing through some situation you are, you are, you are not sure if you will really get rid of it. All you need to do is to get God involved. The little strength you have is much when God is involved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you don't have to be somebody special before God can use you. That is one lesson I want you to hold on to in the story of uh, Gideon. Now, let's move to another one. Uh, before then, um, I put something down here that we are all special people before God. How many of us believe this? Wave your hand on to God. Yes, that is confirmed in 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are not like that, for you are a choosing people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. That is God for you. Now, let's go to the a shepherd's sling. We all know that story as well. I'm talking about David now. In 1 Samuel 17, that is where we have that story. If you read verse 8, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. Goliath shouted down the army of God. He shouted at them, and what happened? The fearless army will tremble in the presence of uh, Goliath. Let's see what happened in verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They went into hiding. They are forgotten that it's, sometimes it's good to say there is where a brave man died than to say where, this is where a brave man has got to, to hide himself. They went into hiding because of Goliath. They are forgotten their backbone. They are forgotten God that have delivered them. But fortunately for them, David brought food for his brother. And he took note of Goliath as he was talking. Then, what did he do? He volunteered to fight. And when he volunteered, you know what happened? The king wants to get involved. The king wants to do what? He wants to get involved. And how did that happen? The king gave his armor, the armor to David. That, okay, you have volunteered to go and fight. Why can't he himself use that armor to go and fight Goliath? Just a baby boy has come. He now got himself involved. But the little David discovered that this is too big. I don't need it. So the king involvement cannot solve that situation. What are those involvement you are bringing into your life as well? There are some involvement like that of King Saul that when you bring it to your life as an alternative, will I say alternative fat, now alternative whatever we can call it. You bring them as a substitute. Instead of calling, I am that I am. 
instead of calling the king of king. So those type of involvement may not sort out the issue with you. You need to get him involved. And that is God. Because little is much when you involve him. Praise the Lord. So, in fact, when Goliath saw David, that if you jump to 42 to 44, he mocked him. He mocked David. And why was he doing this? Because he didn't know who is involved. He did not know who was involved with David. If he had known, he would have said that. Verse 45 to 47, quickly. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Now, David is getting God involved in the situation. This is what others have failed to do. Go on, brother. Whom, uh, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. In a nutshell, to summarize this story, we all know the story. David got God involved. And just with one shot of David's link, he defeated somebody that seemed to be invisible, invisible giant. He defeated him. He was too big to miss the sling for some of us that grown up from the farm. You, you aim, you, in between, let the target be there. When you hold the stone side, you release it, the bed is dead. But in this case, David was not looking at his own expertise. He got God involved. And within the twinkling of eyes, Goliath was down. And what happened to the rest of the army? They fled. All you need to do is to focus on the leader of that thing that is troubling you. Take that one single shot of prayer, like David. Hit the target. Hit the head. When the head is gone, the whole body is nothing. This is exactly what David has done. He got God involved. So, little is much when God is in need. When you get God involved, little is much. There's another beautiful story in the New Testament that we know that when God gets involved, that the whole situation changes. Let me call it a large lunch. A large lunch. Many of us, when we are going to the office, we hold our lunch box to the office. This story is in the book of John 6. John 6. Feeding the 5,000 after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee. Which Let, let's, let's start from verse 1. John 6. John 6, 1 to 3. Yes, 1 to 3. Feeding the 5,000 
After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. Thank you. That's okay, brother. Now, this story begins with account with after all this. After these things. Do you know John didn't tell us what are all those things? He didn't tell us. But when you read other accounts, like Matthew 14, that other things were a little bit explained there. So Matthew connected the departure of Lord to desert with his learning about the news of John the Baptist's death. Even Mark, Mark 30, Mark 6, 30 to 31. He gives us another additional motive. The disciples have just returned from their mission. And they and the master need time for refreshment and body spirit. So they get some rest from the crowd that follow them. That is after all this, after all this that John was saying there. Although we are not going to the details today, we all know the story. But in the way of this story, it started with a problem. That story itself started with a problem. And what is the problem? A large group of people. They were in the desert. Large group. I don't know if you understand what desert is. If you don't know, go to Wahiba Sand. You go to Wahiba Sand, don't go with anything. Just stay in the middle. You will understand better what desert means. So we have, although somewhere they are saying it is 10,000, or 5,000, sorry. That's what the Bible records. But when you read Matthew 14, Matthew confirmed that this does not include the women and the children. And if you go by that, we might be talking about 10,000 or even more, or 20,000. So, but each time we talk about this story, we talk about only 5,000. But there are more than 5,000. So, the problem is that they were in the desert. It was late in the afternoon and everyone was hungry. And in verse 5, brother, verse 5, James, or uh, John 5, John 6, 5. John 6, 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to, the, to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus himself discovered that there is, was a problem. And he asked Philip how they will feed them. Then one of them, Andrews, remember seeing a boy with a lunch bag. I think uh, I, I love this region because what I'm seeing here is not happening majorly in Nigeria. That when you see construction workers, you always see them with their lunch bag, uh, lunch box now. I think, yeah. But that boy was the only one to remember that I, will, I might be hungry. Maybe he has even gone there without his parents' permission just for him to see the crowd movie and they, he had that Miracles and everything is going on. Let me go and check what is happening. Then he quickly grabbed the lunch bag. But that lunch boss has purpose. God has chosen that boy to take the lunch bag, uh, box 
to that place. So Andrew remembers seeing a boy with a lunch. And what happened? That, that is a verse 9 of it. Jesus took the food and gave thanks to God. And he gave it to them. In verse 11, brother. Verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled up, filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments. Thank, fragments. thank, thank you, brother. So the more they passed out, the more they had. What a miracle. Sometimes if you pray, just like that woman that Elijah prayed for, it never dry. Your source of joy will never dry in Jesus' name. Amen. And your source of finance will never dry in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All you need to do is to get God involved. That little you are thinking is just little. Little is much when you get God involved. Little is much when God is in need. So do you expect a miracle in your life? Miracle will only happen when your need is small. Because if you are asking, you are requesting for something within your need, you won't see it as a miracle. So, if you are going through a situation where you do not have enough to solve the issue, then be expecting the next miracle to happen. You are going through a situation, you don't have the need. You don't have anything to support that situation. You are a candidate of miracle. You are to experience miracle. All you need to do is to do what? Get God involved. So that little you know, that little things you have, the moment you get God, God involved, it will multiply. Even though when Jesus asked Philip, he could not see a way of provision. He only complained. How many months salary will not be enough? Eight months or so. That eight, he quickly, he did some mathematics. Jesus' salary, this, uh, all the disciples' salary. For eight months is not enough. Even though the Bible didn't record anybody collecting salary. But Philip maintained that eight months salary is not enough to buy food to feed them. Don't look at the problem. Get God involved. So trust Jesus for miracle in your life. Submit the little you have to him and everything will work for you in Jesus' name. Always give God thanks in advance. That's what Jesus did. For this food to multiply, for this basket not to get dry, you raise it, look up unto God and pray and thank God in advance. When you thank God, when you appreciate God for the situation you are passing through, brethren, leave the rest for him. He's going to perfect it in Jesus' name. But there's, you need to check what kind of power that works in you. Do you have that kind of power that doubt? Do you have the attitude that doubt? If you have that, if you have the fearful attitude and you are looking at a great thing, in, in, the, in one of the excellent men uh, program, 
one brother came and he said that we could not establish ourselves because we are afraid. Many of us, we want to start business, we want to do some things, but you are afraid that what of if I fail? If you keep thinking of that, you will never leave the job that you are doing, yes sir, yes sir. You will continue to do yes sir, yes sir job until you resign or you retire. You need to take the bull by the, by the horn and move on. That's what the brother make us to know in excellent men. If you are not coming tomorrow, it's another day. Come and share this experience that we are sharing every month. So if you are the type that have the fair attitude, you need to get rid of that. Cast away all the negative energy in you. Don't look at, say, okay, because this brother is going through this, this brother can pray more than me. Don't look at that and you submit to your faith. No. What works for me may not work for you, and vice versa. So get God involved, everything will be straightforward for you. So that little you have, that little thing you have, is much in Jesus' hand. That little you have, brethren, this afternoon I'm assuring you, all you need to do is to get God involved. So, as we have heard today, a little army is much when God's hand is in it. A little weapon is much when it is in God's hands. A little life is much when it is in God's hand. Even that little money you have, when you put it before God, is enough. It's enough to do whatever you want to do. Sometimes we feel that, okay, I don't have enough. Even if you don't have enough, if you get sick, you need to spend money. You will get money. But when you pray against sickness, when you commit yourself to God that, Lord, I don't want to get sick. I don't want my family to get sick. I don't want my neighbor to get sick. Because if you pray for yourself only, if your neighbor gets sick, he will knock your door. So don't be selfish. Pray for yourself. Pray for your neighbor. Even at times, pray for your enemy. Because your enemy can turn around and ask you for help. And as a Christian, you will do what? You will help. So that little money you have, when it's in God's hand, is much. So why don't you place your little in God's hands today? First, you have to repent of your sin. Repent of your shortcoming. We are all important to God. He will give us victory. So decide to use that little things. God will help you. Get God involved. All around. In everything you do, get him involved. And that little that you are thinking you have will become bigger. And as you do so, God will continue to bless you and God will continue to lift you up. So I don't know the situation you are. I don't know that little thing you are thinking that is very little. This afternoon, commit everything unto God. And as you do so, God will lift you up in Jesus' name. May God bless his word. Church, shall we stand? 
as we come to the end of this service. Have you ever said that you are nothing? Have you ever felt that you have nothing to succeed in life? Have you ever felt that you are too little? I am useless. Nothing good is going to come out of me. Turn with me to Psalms 139, verse 14. Psalms 139, verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. You cannot confess that you are not marvelous. You cannot confess that you are little because you are much. And you are much because you have a God who is more than much. So that's what we need to acknowledge today. You see, with God, you are more than victorious. Without God, you are more than defeated. Little is much when God is in it. And you and I are more than much when God is an integral part of my life. When God is the decision maker in my life. God is not peripheral in my life. God is central. God has the steering wheel in my life. In that situation, when God is the chauffeur and I relax in the back seat, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that for a minute? You are relaxing in the back seat and God is chauffeuring you in life. You are more than victorious. You are not little. Because with God, you are not a nobody. You are a somebody. Talk to God right now. Tell him that yes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are marvelous. You are the greatest that could ever be. Your neighbor is not greater than you. You are the greatest. Say that, I am the greatest, I am the best, because of what God is doing in me. It's not about me. It's not about what I am by myself. But God has put talents into every one of us. Can we just say, God, I surrender myself back to you. I want you to, I want you to take total charge of my life. That whatever talent you have put in me, explode it, Lord, in your hands. That I will be used beautifully by you, Lord Father. Be glorified in my life. 
with God all things are possible. And with God, the little that you have, the little that you think that you are, can be magnified because God is a huge God. Just say, Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, that you have picked me up and you are making me who I am. Thank you, Lord, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have taught us today, Lord, that little is much in your hands. And Father, we just want to put our hands in your hands, Lord. That as we put our hands in your hands, it's not about us, Lord, but it's all about you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you are achieving through us, Lord, Father. Father, we just surrender ourselves into your hands, Lord. Be glorified in our lives, Lord, Father. And Father God, let our walk be victory upon victory, Lord, Father. Thank you, Lord, Father, for your words this day. We thank you for your servant whom you have used, Lord, Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to give wisdom unto him, Lord, anointing unto him, Lord, that he will bring us greater truths in days to come. Bless him and his family, Lord, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you will use them mightily in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, church.